Yeah, so I, well, for, it sounds really cliche, but for like as long as I can remember, I've always loved like, I've always very much liked being outdoors. Like I've always lived in Dorset. So I've liked running around like with my sister. I've always had dogs as well. So being outside was something that I just really enjoyed. And then sport and being able to run around with my friends outside was just the perfect combination. Like when I was a lot younger, sort of at primary school, just loved like going outside, like play like, oh, things like, okay, like bulldog outside, <laughs> just things like, like running around. Then as I got to, um, when I went to prep school, um, and I started playing hockey, my um my like drive for sport actually came from the fact that I was really homesick. And oh. I knew that if I if I could play sport and be in matches, my mum could come and watch so I could see her. And it sounds really like it sounds a bit uh weird now I say it. But yeah, it probably came from like as a convenience thing, then I actually ended up really enjoying it. Um and stuff like tennis and netball I've played from quite a young age. But hockey was like quite a late thing for me to become interested in. It's just sort of it's obviously stuck um yeah so tell us about your first track sincerity is scary yeah so um this is a song by the 1975 and i went through a really strong i'm reluctant to say a phase because that indicates that i don't feel the same way anymore but went for a really strong phase of just like it was their music was all i would listen to and sincerity is scary is the first song of theirs i ever heard i think it was like they performed live at the Brits or something and I was watching it on the TV and I was like, oh, this band's amazing, it's so cool. And um, like the lead singer had this, um, whenever they perform, they have like a, a treadmill, like kind of conveyor belt on the stage. So he walks as he's singing, but he doesn't go anywhere and he like moves along it. And I, I thought it was really cool. And then it was the first, oh no, it was, a, it was the last concert I went to before um, like COVID properly hit. And it was like weeks before we went to the first lockdown and it was just the best thing. I went with my friend Kitty and um, it was just amazing. And I really enjoy live music. So it's just a really like nostalgic track for me. And yeah, I really enjoy it.
you were talking just there um, as about how you uh, you go to sport and try and you do, do sports so that you can see your mum and your family because um, you're boarding. I wonder what what values have they given you and that you kind of made you as you are. Well, I think in terms of values, uh, unlike here, we don't really have like a Thomas family mission on the walls in every room. <laughs> but um, I think there's definitely a lot of things that have stuck with me from like my upbringing. So I, for like the first part of when I was quite young, um, so my, my parents are divorced and I would I lived with my mum and my sister and I would see my dad, my dad on the weekends. But I was in a predominantly very like female dominated house and like had like a single parent and she was like earning for like our family and stuff and um although I would see my dad on on the weekends like most of my time was spent around like just women and I think from that it's made me like you asked about confidence and stuff earlier I think that's something that I've always had quite strong female role models in my life in in my older sister and in my mum that's definitely like I don't know if you call that a value, but something I definitely sort of gained from that. And then um, there's also a lot of things I've like learned from my dad. I have I'm very similar to him in a lot of ways. Um, so we both we both get very anxious. So that's something that um, he's managed to like through like being able to relate to. We've been able to talk about it. Um, and yeah, we're we're quite a, a strong family unit. And I think one thing that I've like taken away from like watching my parents and they now both have like partners so I have a stepmom and a stepdad is that it's like a, a massive maturity thing is that they've been able to um like still like sort of co-parent myself and my sister and like we've had sort of times where we've had like my mum my stepdad and my dad and my stepmom all in the same house for Christmas and like I've had a very very like it's close to normal upbringing even though they they were divorced and it was just that that thing I don't know if it was a certain value in particular that that instilled in me but it was definitely something I think that shaped my upbringing in ways that aren't as common for children who have like divorced parents because it's I'm very conscious I'm very fortunate to be in that position with them and a very a very female um, strong family you're you, I mean you, you'd call yourself a feminist I mean you're obviously yeah, a yeah. feminist and uh, let's move on to women's sport and obviously sport <laughs> women's quality can come together women's health and sport we're both sort of advocates of this yeah i'm um, going to lots of conferences and uh, trying to well we've made quite a few changes at school and we're still moving on um what how how do you how does this sort of impact what, what, what kind of stuff do you have you been doing and how does this how is this passion evolving as you get older i think from from a personal point of view the the effect that sport has had on me for the positive the fact that it's given me such a sense of uh, of definite purpose and it's given me a lot of confidence because it's been something that I've been very assured that like I know this is something I enjoy and that I'd like to think I'm quite good at and I've just been trying like um, myself and like and you and people like Evie and Alice we've been trying to encourage a lot of the young girls to really like keep up with their sport not even from like an exercise and fitness point of view just from the fact of like the solidarity of being in a team or even if you're in like a sport a sport that isn't isn't necessarily a team like running but you still have people around you who are there to support you like you have your coaches you have like you're like I don't know what your teammates it's got to be co-runners um but yeah I think trying to encourage girls to really keep with sport and making sure that it's as accessible to them as possible uh in school because I know that not everyone wants to go and chase a little white ball around a sandy bit of like turf um for a couple of hours each day yeah. I appreciate that that's not what everyone wants to do so I'd, trying to make it something that everyone can at least get a little taste of it mm. and really trying to make girls be a lot more confident in sport and in like their strength and their ability because I know a lot of girls will like hide that they're good at something I think it comes from like them wanting to be humble but also it gets to the extent where they don't realise their worth and um, their abilities. So I think just trying to, I think the best way to make any change like that is purely to like do it through being a role model. Yeah. So like I try and do that even though I get like, I'm sure you've had this before, like you, you do get a bit like shy sometimes <laughs> and it's not always like, you're not always like peak role model material, but things like that. Um, and just trying to like 
have a really nice community of girls who play sport and especially in the young years because mm-hmm. we're leaving soon and then yeah, there's no, there's gonna be no us. I mean yeah. lots of girls do drop out and you say being a role model is how you bring people with you and inspire mm-hmm. them to go into the sport that you love. Is there are there any days when you just think actually uh yeah i do i do think sometimes i i think in this past year as well um i have been a bit more conscious of like how i'm being perceived across school and so far i've managed to like again like fake it to you make it sometimes if i really if i'm really not feeling um like i'm being a like on the inside like oh this is not very role model of me like i definitely you try and do it on the outside and to be honest i think like with with a normal school day because everyone's so busy i don't really like i'm not really like seen around school that often like in within a school day so it's quite lucky i'm quite it's quite easy for me to sort of like disappear into my lessons and into sport because i am i do like i do a lot because i enjoy it um but yeah there are definitely some days where um i probably are not like coming across as like bright shining role model um, but picking yeah. up on fake it to your make it your sort of theory of living <laughs> i think is that really true i mean when you say fake it to make it you just do you, do you think you, you're a good actor the whole time or i think it's a, it's a definite short-term solution but it gets it gets tiring very quickly so i think with that it's either something you do in very short bursts around people you don't see very often or it's something that you know you are you don't normally have to fake and there might be some days where you're like oh i just maybe should come across like I'm still feeling like my usual self and I'll, and when you're actually not but no I, I think with that mentality it's something that I've known people who've been able to do it and manage it um and I, I'm not one of those people who's been able to do it for like a long term but mm. yeah it's like it's a sh- definitely a short-term solution but you have to have like the fundamental like um characteristics within you I think Otherwise, you just, I don't know if you're going to fool anyone. Yeah, interesting. Maybe if it gives time, we'll, we'll, we'll have another meeting on this. Um, <laughs> but so your next track, Lovers Rock, tell us about this by Teeny Girl. Uh, so this song, it doesn't have any specific uh, meaning to it, but uh, so I started, um, I found this song in the middle of lockdown and it's when it just got to the summer. And um, it was like when lockdown was like at its best which just seems really weird to say now after we've had like the past two and they've been a bit well not the best but yeah it just reminds you of like summer 2020 and it was just a really nice time like just being again like just being in Dorset when it's really sunny it was just yeah it just makes me really happy because it reminds me of then
a lot of passions you're you have lots of hobbies we were talking a lot about um um what audio essays video essays essays. (laughs) um tell us more about that yeah so I think it I think they actually originally came from me I get really I don't know if you get this you probably do but like having like not doing anything you get kind of guilt and you feel like oh I need to be productive and I don't have the attention span to to sit and watch Netflix properly I always get distracted I have to watch it with someone else so when I'm on my own in my room and I I think like I need to do something relaxing I found um these like video essays and they're normally about it's really it's really weird how I came across them they're normally about films and the the ones I watch in particular about like different character tropes in film and like what they mean and it's basically like um I just find it really interesting because I do English and it's like they're just like analyzing this film the way you would like analyze it like a text or something um and they're really like visually pleasing obviously because they're because they're videos you have like little snippets of films um and it always gives me like good recommendations of things to watch um so yeah they're they're really good there's certain ones like they talk about the film gone girl and like the um um, there's a trope called like the likable sociopath trope trope and it's really interesting and it's like honestly it's bizarre um and all these different things and yeah like they're nice like yeah they're like they're all about different stereotypes in the film and what they mean and like the evolution of film and yeah it's really interesting and they're a nice like 20 minute thing to do without starting to feel too guilty about not doing anything (laughs) so do you now go around sort of uh, looking at people and thinking i know you're a you're a classic uh you're a classic sort of pixie stereotype or you're a classic someone else i haven't got to that point yet um but I'm sure if I keep watching them, I might end up being like that. And I should probably get someone to stop me before I start doing that because I feel like I just get so boring to be around. But um, yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think it's really interesting. Like always wanting to better yourself, I guess, every minute of the day. Like, you have to improve on your knowledge. Yeah, no, maybe. I, d- I don't really know if it's how, how much um, valuable knowledge it is. I'm just filling my brain with when I could be like doing, like revising for my A levels. But you know yeah. have a break from that now. yeah exactly but music i mean what does music mean to you in your life uh so i used to be quite a um a musical person like um both my sister and i um were like not forced to do instruments but we were definitely like strongly advised to <laughs> do things like the classic like, we both played the piano um and i played for about like 10 years i think um and i used to play the drums as well and that was really fun um I used to things like the classic like I was in choir um but yeah like I don't know if I def- if I come from a like a necessarily very musical family my dad is in a band though and he plays the drums so yeah arguably maybe but music I just find um I don't like go like walking anywhere without listening to music like for a long period of time like I wouldn't just go on like a walk outside for half an hour just in silence I just get like bored so I, I do listen to a lot of music and I have one like massive playlist and I've had it since I think I've had it since D and it's really nice sometimes I like flick through it and it's different like I can pinpoint like oh this is like C summer term this song and it's like I found it it's all very nostalgic um it must have been hard to scale it down to three tracks yeah no I think I think I just had I tried to really condense it to like uh, my current like favorite songs but yeah it was definitely quite a a thing when you said it had to be three I was like oh my god how am I gonna do that but yeah no I, I do really enjoy music but I think just as, as much as the next person but I just find it's a really nice thing to like have around I don't really understand people who say like, oh I'm not really very interested in in music um but yeah no I do really enjoy it tell us about lipstick on the grass your okay so my my last song is it's actually the most recent one so we've gone through chronologically this was from I discovered this song, um, I think, October half term, like just gone, and it was my birthday, and I just had like a really nice sort of two weeks, and it just reminds me of that, and it's like, again, it's just, I listen to it, and it's like a very like specific memories and stuff, um, and it's really nice, and I, I do really like the band, and I think that's the next, the next people I'm going to see live when I finally can, but yeah.
time I was thinking about this earlier um I will be 28 years old and I will hopefully have some form of job hopefully not something like where I'm confined to anything too like mundane but I'd, I'd ideally like to be working in some sort of like newspaper or a magazine something to do with journalism um maybe something like having my own like radio show or a podcast that would be something really cool but yeah I, who knows I don't even know what I'm doing next year so I'm sure it'll be whatever it is I hope it'll be something fun um but yeah honestly who knows <laughs> and living on a desert island I mean the official sort of tradition is that you are cast away to a barrack sort of yeah desert island in the middle of mm. well you can choose if it's an ice island or if it's a sandy island and if it's just a rock island I guess but you're you're going to be on your own I mean how are you going to find that um i think i'd like to think i do quite well when i'm on my own if i don't have anything to be worried about i think the fact that i'll be on this island in the middle of so somewhere on my own would be something quite something to worry about but being optimistic i think i'd, I'd do all right on my own i would probably try and after like a month like escape try and escape yeah do a, do a castaway like make some sort of raft um but yeah i definitely just try and stay in the shade if it's a warm island because i'm very prone to sunburn so <laughs> something like that i probably if i could bring one thing with me it'd probably be sun cream okay well that's gonna be your luxury so item. and what about a book do you have a book you'd want to oh take see i i think it's a gamble taking a book that you haven't read yet because and if you've if you've put all your like wishes onto that one thing and it's just a terrible book um i think that would just be heartbreaking and i probably use it to like i'd probably burn it or something um but I think I'd probably take one I've already read. Um, I have quite a big book, which is one of my favourites, which is called Little Life. Um, but it's also really sad. So I think I would take that one. It's probably one of my favourites. And it is. it would probably get me is through. It um, oh, my God. I've forgotten who's it by. Hanya Yanagira, I think. Yeah. I've probably absolutely butchered their name. And I'm so terribly sorry if, to anyone listening who knows how to pronounce it. Um, but yeah, I'd probably take that and just read it and go through all the, the emotions again because it was definitely a very, like, harrowing book. 
but yeah i think i probably nice do that cheerful for a desert island to... yeah well, i mean i have to balance out the fact that i'm just stuck somewhere really sunny yeah so yeah harder. keep me a check <laughs> <laughs> well it's been so interesting to hear about the person behind the head girl i guess i mean we gotta know, see you <laughs> so as mysterious. people not just um for the title um but thank you so much and i hope you've enjoyed it i have thank you thank you for having me You're listening to Bry Island Diff. introduction but obviously everyone knows Spencer Spencer Davies our head boy but we yeah we this is a chance for Spencer to sort of um yeah for him to open up to us and we can hear another side to him I don't know we'll we'll see uh well yeah thank you so much for having me um yeah this is new to me it's a very cool setup I have to say uh so Viva La Vida uh it is from Coldplay obviously and 
the reason I chose it, it was because I have this tendency, a bit like Esme kind of spoke about, is I tend to over listen to songs, which is annoying for like people around me because they get fed up and hearing the same song over and over again. But for me, what it means is what I'm able to do is I'm actually able to pinpoint each song to like a different time in my life. And for Viva La Vida is when I was growing up in Kenya, I li- used to listen to way too much Coldplay. Uh, and it's just a really nice song and it's quite nostalgic every time I hear it kind of drives to school um but yeah tell us about your one of the first things i was thinking about when thinking about questions to ask you is obviously i do the ib with you we do lots of we do most of our lessons most in most the same lessons um you're in my french set and you speak lots of different languages you're from kenya i wonder what sort of what's your identity where do you where do you call home yeah that's a big question um I have to say it's Kenya. Uh, obviously, I am quite multinational, kind of from England, France, Italy, uh, Kenya and whatnot. Uh, but Kenya's kind of that being that one solid base that I've always gone back to. My family's there. Most of my friends are there. I went there when I was a year old, uh, been lived there ever since. And in between that, I've had I had five or six episodes in France. And now it's been about five years I've been in Britain. And I do have family in those countries as well, and they do play a big part of my identity, and they've affected me in kind of shaping me and giving me different experiences that have really been important to me. Um, and I think I don't think my identity is linked to one particular country, but it's rather more of a multicultural one. And I know you t- in French, Mr. Um, Cheryl, we, we speak about this, and we talk yeah, about being a citoyen du monde, about being a world kind of citizen. And I don't think I'm quite that, but the point is I'm kind of, more multinational um and yeah it must you must see everything different you must see countries in a different light having seen them uh, having lived in other places i mean i've lived in france and i think it it definitely shapes you it shaped me my kind of outlook into language barriers have you have you overcome language barriers i mean in kenya do you speak swahili yeah no so yeah i'm happy i do because it does help out a bit uh but yeah, so it is a big thing. Languages are a big part of my life, and I've had to kind of learn them to kind of be able to communicate properly with different people in the different countries I've lived in. Um, admittedly, when I first moved to France, about seven years old, my French wasn't very good, and it was quite isolating at first because I didn't really know who to speak to. Um, so I started reading a lot in French, and gradually I learned how to speak the language. So I went from being quite a shy person to suddenly learning the language and being fluent and that from that point on and this kind of with sport I got to meet lots of new people and I kind of get um, gained a lot of confidence um, and it was just a great thing to learn all these languages um, and I'm very thankful I've had the opportunity to live in different areas and uh, it's something my parents are quite um, not I wouldn't say pushy about but uh, quite keen for me to uh, learn and I'm, that's why I'm doing Spanish uh, never lived in Spain don't have much family there but it's just hopefully useful language and hopefully I'll be able to speak it one day and be able to travel there no, that's meet great. new people. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so your next song, L'Enfer by Stromé, is actually something we did look at in French the other week. Yeah. And we all, but I think you brought it to the class. You said, look, we've got to listen to this because it's something that's really affected you and it's his latest, Stromé's latest song and it's obviously for French. Uh, yeah, so uh, L'Enfer, the reason why I chose it is, obviously it's by... Again, it's kind of pinpoints to my time in France and when and Stromae was one of my favourite artists at the time and he released a new song and I thought it might be a good opportunity for people to listen to it. Uh, and um, he talks about, he, he, over the past kind of eight years, he he's taken a break from music and to focus on his mental health and he's travelled the world and learned lots of different languages and, and I didn't know much about mental health until really the past four years and I kind of got into it just because it was something that interested me and I saw how it affected people around me. I had some family that were affected by it and with that I kind of started charity with some of my friends in Kenya and it's something that I've always been quite interested in and passionate about and it's something that we're pushing with prefects here at school, um, counselling and so on with our amazing prefects, um, Bonnie and Noah, Head of Wellbeing. Uh, and yeah, it's a really cool song and excited for you guys to listen to it. We'll have to have a bit of translation after. Yeah, well, possibly, possibly. Well, listen.
Je suis pas tout seul à être tout seul Ça fait déjà ça de moins dans la tête Et si je comptais combien on est Beaucoup Tout ce à quoi j'ai déjà pensé Dire que plein d'autres y ont déjà pensé Mais malgré tout je me sens tout seul Du coup j'ai parfois eu des pensées suicidaires J'en suis peu fier On croit parfois que c'est la seule manière de les faire taire Ces pensées qui me font vivre un enfer Ces pensées qui me font vivre un enfer Que moi qui ai la télé Et la chaîne culpabilité Mais faut bien changer les idées Pas trop quand même Sinon ça repart vite dans la tête Et c'est trop tard pour que ça s'arrête C'est là que j'aimerais tout oublier Du coup J'ai parfois eu des pensées suicidaires J'en suis peu fier on croit parfois que c'est la seule manière de les faire taire Ces pensées qui me font vivre un enfer Ces pensées qui me font vivre un enfer Et je sais vraiment pas quoi faire de toi Justement réfléchir C'est bien le problème avec toi Tu sais j'ai mûrement réfléchi Et je sais vraiment pas quoi faire de toi Justement réfléchir C'est bien le problème avec toi was L'Enfer by Stromae and I think those of you who don't speak French because it's it is quite I mean even for French people it's quite a hard song to unpick but it's all about Stromae's mental health sort of journey isn't it and his sort of yeah it's quite it's quite deep and yeah yeah I mean I think the main point that he kind of wants to convey to people is that if you have a mental health issue is that it's really important to speak about it and he says I'll translate it but he says um something along the lines like he has these thoughts and he thinks that the only way to kind of get rid of them is to by not saying anything but it's actually the opposite and he gets onto that later in the song um and that yeah it's kind of the key message to that song i mean for you uh being how, how old were you when you first were you were first sent to boarding school uh 13 so i arrived in d so um, being sort of put into a, a new environment away from your family how have you sort of I mean, literally the other side of the world from your family. They're in Kenya, right? Yeah, yeah. It's quite a sort of. It's a. You really have to uh, grow up quite quickly and become your own sort of. Listen, I don't know who who would you talk to if you needed to um, speak to someone. Uh, well, I'm personally, I'm just happy. I'm, I haven't really had too many kind of mental health issues, but I've always had a great group of friends around me. My family's always been there to support me, and then again, like in different boarding houses we have a great support team well personally at least in my case in Beechwood and Salisbury we've always had a great group of, I've always had a great group of uh, people around me if I needed to ever speak to someone um, and then D I did have an injury I had a leg injury which kind of brought my mood down a bit because it, it stopped me from playing sport which was kind of a big thing for me and still is but at the time that kind of stripped me of my kind of sporting kind of part of my life um, and I did I missed Davis and Mr. Carmichael, um, been doing his first year here. They were really, really good and helpful. And going back to you and D, can you give us a little sort of summary about Spencer and D? I can, I, I can't <laughs> remember, but I think you probably have a good idea of how you've changed and 
Or yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> no, so Spence Indy, uh, I'd say he's one quite shy, a very shy person, but I that tried to, he tried to make an effort to come out of his shell, and I, I did that by just trying lots of different things. I got even more into music. I tried doing different ECAs, trying to meet new people and so on. And I think gradually I've kind of become, I don't know, just gone to grips with life of Bryanston and it's given me more confidence gradually as I kind of explore in different areas of school life and meet new people. And now, I mean, so indeed, did you ever imagine that you would be in the position as her boy? Kind of, Who who did you look up to when you were in D? Uh, in D... Personally, it was just some of the rugby boys because I was injured. There's some of the boys that were injured, like Frankie Smith, Ellis Bevan, and I used to spend a lot of time in the PSP room with them. Uh, and they were very nice to me. They'd kind of guide me through exercises and so on and chat to me around school. And just having that person in the kind of older year that was playing in first-team sports and playing at a really high level of rugby was quite inspiring. Um so yeah, just probably the likes of those boys. And to answer your first question, I didn't ever really think of I'd be head boy, but um, it's just because I didn't really look that far ahead. Uh, kind of try to really look at have short term goals and see where that leads. Uh, so yeah. Tell us about your next song, Ode to the Met. Ode to the Met. So this song is one that kind of for me. Um, is, well, we listened to a lot uh, during my during the sec- third term, so a l- last term of A3 uh, in-house. And it was just, just after I'd come back from lockdown in Kenya when we had online learning. And it was just it was nice, just a nice nostalgic song because it reminds me of times um, on Saturday evenings when we just were in my house in, the, in, in our common room playing different car games. And um, yeah, it's just a lovely song that was introduced to by my friend Ed, actually. Shout out to Ed's music. Yeah.
sort of focus in your family on conservation I wonder how is that a major part of your life sort of the environment and obviously I mean I'm, I'm a bit of an eco warrior but I know that you yeah. are too and so I just want to talk about a bit about that and how you've seen it with your own eyes the um well biodiversity and the lack of it maybe and I don't know how has it affected you yeah no so wildlife has been a big and conservation in general has been a big part of my life and I guess to a degree about of my identity uh, it's because I've just my parents have been heavily involved in it, particularly in the where I live. Uh, we're surrounded by it constantly, and they've been involved in different projects, and I've been able to tag along with them, and which has resulted in like pretty amazing memories in some occasions, like amazing wildlife encounters. Uh, but on the other hand, you are exposed to kind of the knots as kind of amazing part of conservation. I remember there was a time period, I think it was around 2008 to 2010, when poaching was quite bad in Kenya. And almost on a weekly basis, we'd hear uh, this two elephants were poached today on Oljogi, which is a nature reserve nearby, or another three were poached um, the following week on another reserve. And it's quite depressing. Well, not depressing, it was just sad to hear. And thankfully, that's kind of diminished in recent years. But it's just I've always been aware of conservation kind of issues. Uh, and since well, as I grow up, I'm I learn and about more um, issues across the world, and you know we do ESS together, um, and yeah, it's just a big thing, part of my life. And out of that, I've actually gained a lot of new hobbies. Uh, so um, yeah, I mean, a big thing. I think you can ask it. Sorry for kind of jumping ahead. No, no, again, uh, that was the next question. Uh, but so I kind of so it was over lockdown, the first lockdown. I started kind of researching into how I could become a certified safari guide just for the sake of it. I mean, I think it'd be quite cool. So I started learning about all the different animals um, and about information on all the There's like reading animals. the encyclopedia. Yeah, encyclopedias, documentaries and whatnot. Uh, also and then, David Attenborough. Like that's the whole David Attenborough yeah, series. Yeah, all of that basically. Uh, and then that kind of expanding to birds, which, you know, identifying different birds, which was very interesting. And then, you know, it gets 
as you get better you learn about different trees insects and whatnot but it's very interesting and uh hopefully i'll be able to do my uh first kind of entrance exam to become a certified guide uh during my gap year which i'm looking forward to um which means i'll be able to take my friends on safaris and so on that's really i mean you obviously conservation in kenya it comes you're obviously conserving animals but you're also providing a form of, sort of ecotourism um, we learn about this in French as well, don't we? Yeah. Ecotourism. But um, how do you? How, how does that contrast of people paying lots of money to see these animals, but also perhaps the damage that they have on the community there, or maybe it's not. Maybe you only see the positive light of it. But is there a is there a fine line between damage of safaris and the benefits it brings? Yeah. No. So personally, I think well, the safari and the tourism industry, particularly in Kenya, is very important to the Kenyan economy. And um, you were saying like. It's made, well, I kind of inferred that it was mainly for kind of high-paying tourists, mainly from Europe and so on. But actually what's great is that recently there's been a lot of, particularly particularly since the start of COVID, of um, domestic tourism starting to emerge, which is great because through that, the local community slowly starts to become more aware of what they have at their front, front door and the actual benefits and how beautiful nature is, um, which incentivizes them to kind of protect it as well. And um, that's possibly a, re- a reason why um you know there's been a bit of a drop in poaching in some areas in africa but yeah that's really interesting and you were speaking earlier about your fishing hobbies and your catches in the in the stour can you give us any innumerable things you fished out in the stour uh yeah so i'm not a great fisherman but uh, in I, I have the passion for it which i think is a more important part uh no so in d um, in DNC, I used to go fishing with my friend Marceau uh, down on the river, uh, which was quite fun. I think we caught a couple perch, pike, and then the rest of the time we were just waiting for, well, waiting to get a bite because we have no idea how to fish the river. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I don't, I don't do it anymore. But I hear there's fishing, you see, which is doing rather well. So they have catching some big pikes and so on. Well, I think you. So yeah, I, I mean, it's quite scary if you're a rower to know what's lurking beneath the <laughs> yeah, possibly. surface but in 10 years time spencer you're about to leave Bryanston. you're about to you're you said you're going to go on your gap year to become a conservation uh safari potentially yeah for part of it person and then what what do you think you're going to do are you going to live in the moment or are you going to plan ahead or yeah i mean i don't think i can kind of conclusively give you an answer for 10 years ahead but possibly in five years well after my gap year in my university studies, I hope that by the end of that, I'll have a clearer sense of what I want to do in the future. Uh, it, I can say that it, I will at some point do something with conservation. I'm not sure when or in what form that will take place, but it's something I'm very passionate about and something I do want to get into. Uh, but yeah, I'll see where this uh, gap year takes me and if there are any interesting opportunities or that arise or gives me an inkling of what I may want to do in the future. And so you're going to be cast away to a desert island. Um, how do you feel about that, first of all? Uh, I know. It depends where it is. If the fishing's good, I might have to take a fishing rod and try my luck again. Uh, if, yeah, if the if fishing's not great, I might die and have to come back in a week. Uh, but hopefully it's good. <laughs> Uh, in an ideal situation, and then you're you're allowed to take a book as well, so sort of keep you occupied while you're waiting for your catch. Um, yeah. Uh, what do you think? What would I take? I think I'd probably take a book that I started reading um about ten days ago. Uh, called uh Twelve Rules of Life or Twelve Rules for Life, uh, by Jordan Peterson. He's quite an interesting character. You can search him off on YouTube. He has some very heated debates, uh, but very interesting nonetheless. Um, and I'll probably try to finish that off and uh, yeah hope hope you make it off the desert island yeah, so you can we... sort of bring the, the lessons into your life hopefully yeah um well that's been really interesting spencer i think it's been have you have you enjoyed being grilled by <laughs> on desert island yeah and no, it's been great i've loved it it's a really cool setup we have here i hope yeah, yeah we, we were saying how we want to get more people in here and uh get more pupils doing stuff um maybe we can interview more pupils i think it's interesting to hear people's music and um, what it means to them it's something yeah definitely yeah really interesting thank you very thank much, you so much for having me no worries mm-hmm.